Howdy campers, it's Lauren Marie Taylor and you are listening to the Not The Final Girl Podcast. Alrighty everybody, so welcome back. This is part two of my very lively conversation with Robbie Morgan and you know her as Annie in Friday the 13th, the original, directed by Sean Cunningham. I'm going to get right to it today because Robbie spends a really nice amount of time talking about behind the scenes of filming of part one. And we also talk about things that we have autographed at conventions that are interesting, as well as little known secrets about Robbie. A big thank you to my patrons, uh, Anne, of course, James in Rhode Island, Tim in New Jersey, and of course, longtime supporter Tom in Baltimore. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. You can click on the link below to see how you can support this podcast as well. But thanks for listening in advance. Let's go. When you watch part one, you can tell Sean Cunningham liked you as an actress a lot and admired you because even when you're not saying anything, yeah. you're just yeah. sitting there, you're looking at the guy who pushes you into that truck by, by your rear end, by the way, a little touchy-feely there. I would have said no touchy-touchy to him. Uh, but yeah. you could tell that Sean Cunningham enjoyed your presence and your uh, interpretation of the character yeah. of Annie because he lingered on you. And I thought, wow, this is so cool that he spends this much time with her. Well, I think that, yes, thank you. I think he did. And I really liked Sean, you know, too. You know, that was Sean telling Rex Everhart to grab me, grab me by my tushy too. <laughs> that was definitely, that was definitely a direction, you know, lift her up by the tushy and <laughs> put her in there and make everybody think I was going to get raped, you know, before yes. I Yep. And yeah. then the other thing was in the Jeep, I'm trying to remember in the Jeep, there was no one else driving. Like when we were shooting, trying to remember if it was in the oil truck or if in the jeep i was looking at camera yes you were like i yes i didn't do my scenes with rex driving i noticed that you were looking directly into camera and i thought is that of sean cunningham paying homage to jonathan demme who really started that whole looking into the camera thing in the modern movie era but then i'm thinking no this is before that right i don't i don't think it was an homage to anything except that they were just trying to like do it the way they thought to do it. Well, it worked. Ah, your dog's turn. My dogs were barking about 10 minutes ago. That's my standard poodle, Stevie, who's named after Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> Stevie, please. Don't you understand that the fans are going to hear you barking? <laughs> we, should get, we should do a podcast with just our dogs barking at each other. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Hey, listen, anyway. I have to ask you about the Jeep scene. Okay, got to ask you, because people ask me this about the dragging down the stairs scene with my feet slamming against each step. Did you jump out of that Jeep or did you have a stunt person? I totally jumped out. No, you did not. I did. I did. I did my own stunt. I did. How? Because, well, because I was an acrobat. That's Remember, right. I grew up learning everything at my mom and dad's dancing school, and I was an acrobat. And when they said, you know, we they were, they were talking about, you know, wanting me to jump out of the Jeep, you know, I was like, I could do that. I could do that. And that's, that's really what I was like back then. I was totally game and everything was fun. I was like, I could do that. So what happened was is Tom Savini dug up the dirt 
he dug up some of the dirt where I was going to land and they padded it with some blankets. And really, I don't want to give away the illusion, but as the Jeep was going, it slows down a little bit for me to jump out. You can't tell. No, you can't because of the editing. Right. You cannot tell that it slows down, but that's how they did it. You know, it, it didn't completely slow down, but it went a little bit slower and I jumped out and just did that front roll. It was easy. And then you got up and ran. Yes, I got up and ran into the woods, of course, where it's safe. (laughs) (laughs) That whole running through the woods was complete improv. Sean and um, somebody was holding a handheld camera. Uh And Sean was right there, you know, saying, you know, you hurt your leg when you jumped out of the Jeep. Now you're limping. Now you're falling. Now fall. So, you know, he was just directing me and I was just doing what he said to do in the moment, you know. Now drag your leg because your leg hurts. (laughs) All because he knew that you would say, I'll do it. Yeah, it was just totally easy. So whatever he said to do. As I was running through the woods, Mm -hmm. I just did it. Total mutual trust between actress and director right there. Yes. And he was just, it was, it was just so much fun. And so, and I think that's why, you know, I think it's pretty great. Like when I watch it back, it, it looks very real. It looks very real and authentic me running through the woods, you know. But it's not the only time you were a stunt person. Uh, my friend Tom from Baltimore, who you met during the camp weekend, um, yeah. he wanted me to ask you, is it true that you did stunts in the film The Great Outdoors with John Candy and, of course, my neighbor's co-star, Dan Aykroyd? Is it true that you did stunts for that movie? And what kind of stunts did you do? All right. This is the funniest <laughs> thing ever. The answer is yes. <laughs> But I was inside the bear suit. (laughs) Wait, but they had a real bear in that movie, though, didn't they? They did have a real bear. But I did. This is how this came about. (laughs) My brother Gary, the one who lives in California. All goes back to him. (laughs) Always back to him. He's a very big part of my life. Not only is he an actor, he was a stuntman, but he would double animals. So... You know the movie Cujo? Yeah. My brother Gary doubled the dog. He was in the dog suit. And there's another movie called Matilda. Yeah. Where it's kangaroo. My brother Gary is in the kangaroo suit. (laughs) Yes, playing the kangaroo. So he got the great outdoors and he was going to be doubling the bear. He owns the bear suit. He said to me, hey, Robbie, he goes, I'm working on this movie and I got to go out of town. You want to you want a job? You want to work? It was like over New Year's or something. So I said, sure. You know, that's how we used to be back then. You know, it was like if one of us was working, we would always, you know, try to get the other one, you know, in on it somehow. It was definitely what our family was like. And I said, sure. Then I had to try on the bear suit before I got to the set. (laughs) And the way it worked was, is you know, once you get that, once you step into the bear suit, Mm -hmm. you put the head on. And the, gl- and the hands, which are claws, they Velcro everything in. Oh, my God. Right? And then you can't get out of it yourself. <laughs> and I was claustrophobic. I was like, my, I was already married. And my husband was there. I was like, get me out of here. Get me out of this. Get me out. Unzip me. Unzip me. Hurry up. Take off the hands. And we laugh about it to this day. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to go and be in this bear suit. Like, uh-uh. There's no way. And so I did. I showed up anyway, you know, of course, because I had to. 
And God was looking out for me because I never, ever had to actually get into the whole bear suit. The only thing I had to do was I did a scene with Dan Aykroyd and all I had to do was just put the head on. Right. Yeah. So that Dan had a bear to talk to. And the whole time, the whole time I was doing this scene, they kept checking with Dan, like, Dan, are you okay? Is this okay for you? Is this working for you? And the only thing I was thinking is, what the hell are you talking about? He's not the one with a bear head on. (laughs) I am. Is it okay for you, Dan Aykroyd? Or is it okay for me? (laughs) (laughs) Poor Robbie. Oh, my God. So, yes, I I did work on that movie, but thank God, thank God, I only had to do that for whatever reason. They just didn't need, they didn't need me in the suit. Thank God. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Naturally, that leads us into what is the most cringeworthy scene in your professional career? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was definitely one of them. (laughs) I had a gosh darn bear head on. (laughs) You worked in every single form between film and TV and stage. If if we're really, really talking cringe, like really, really cringe-worthy, I was doing the Broadway show Barnum. Yeah. And I was doing acrobatics and trapeze. And I have, in one of the the numbers, uh, the opening of the second act, I do a forward aerial. You know, it's like a walkover with no hands. <laughs> and my cringe-worthy moment was is the front row at the state at the St. James is very close to the stage, mm-hmm. and that's right where I did the, the the aerial walkover. And I misjudged, and I I thought I had a lot of like lift, yeah. <laughs> and I went for it, and I landed flat on my back, <laughs> and, and I. Oh my gosh, I Ow. got up so fast from the floor, and then, oh my god, I was just dying on the inside, and I couldn't look at the, at the front row. Were you in pain? No, I wasn't in pain, I was just embarrassed, for God's <laughs> sakes, I was like, oh my god, I just landed flat on my back. For whatever reason, you know, when you do an, an aerial walkover, you know, you need lift. You needed, for whatever reason, I was tired, or I I thought that I lifted up, but I didn't have enough height, and I just landed on my back, like flat, like flat. I was so embarrassed. Oh, gosh. You know, the good thing about doing a Broadway show is the next night there was another audience. But the other thing that was very, very cool about Barnum was it was on 44th Street, at the St. James, and when Friday the Thirteenth opened, it was it opened right across the street at the Lowe's. So all of us that were doing the show walked across the street and saw the movie for the first time together, and it was pretty cool. Your own rooting section, ah, cool. Yeah, I did. I did have a cheering section. That That's was fun. Awesome. Is there a role on your resume that stands out as one of your favorites? Well, you know, really, really, as I think back. I loved doing Mae West in that movie, What's the Matter with Helen, so much because when I got to California, they they had a, a very famous choreographer. His name was Tony Charmolet. And Tony Charmolet and his assistant, you know, choreographed that number for me. 
Mm. And I was nine years old at the time. And we went to Warner Brothers studio in Burbank on the soundstage. And, you know, because I grew up in my mom's studio, I, you know, I was, I could sing, I could dance, I did everything. Yeah. But Tony Charmolet was so, he could do anything with me. Yeah. So he choreographed this whole number and I did everything, you know, he wanted me to do yeah. with this Mae West accent and everything. And I had a big fan. It was so much fun. And so, so when I think back, that was really, really, and of course, of course, Curly McDimple, because I was singing and dancing, you know, in the whole show, you know. So I, I definitely have more than one one thing that stands out that, that were, and, and, and Annie, too. Annie was really, really fun. Yeah, you know? she was a fun girl. To, yeah. To be her. If you could play a classic movie role, is there one that you would like to have done or that you could still do? Oh my gosh, Lauren, that's such a loaded question. Yeah. I really have to think about this. I might have to come back to this because there are so many, mm-hmm. so many great roles. I mean, just think about, think about Diane Keaton and all the Woody Allen movies yeah. or, you know, or think about, um, think about the old fashioned, like, you know, Debbie Reynolds and in, in Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved to have done her done that part but then there are the movies like um the real the real heavy drama yeah like jezebel that that betty davis yeah. you know played you know there's oh my gosh there's a movie called now voyager that mm-hmm. comes to my mind that betty davis was in you know those movies those movies when they're those movies were the real real drama dramas you know i mean there's a million right you're you too i mean how could i possibly how could i possibly just pick one right you think about your favorite actors your favorite actresses and you think i I would love to have played one of their roles i mean heck i would love to play indiana jones and be the indiana the indiana jones role oh yeah oh imagine being badass like that come on Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're thinking about, we're thinking like, you know, the greatest show on earth, Betty Hutton, that would have been incredible yeah. to to have been in, in the greatest show on earth with Charlton Heston. Oh, there's a million. There's a million. We could talk. We could talk about that forever. <laughs> Has there ever been a role that you auditioned for that got away where you said, oh, crap, I really wanted that role? You know, I had auditioned for the movie. Remember the movie? On ordinary people, I auditioned for the little girl that was in the. Um, oh, a famous actress got it. Um, yeah, she winds up committing suicide. Yeah, her mom. Her mom. Who was the actress who who did play Misty for me? What was her name? Anyway, it was her daughter. Her daughter got it. I really, I would have loved to have to have gotten that one. Yeah. Dinah Manoff. Was it Dinah Manoff? Yes. Dinah Manoff. Yeah. I don't know what, what she's doing today. She she did a lot. She she did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot after that. And I, I haven't heard about her. Our paths probably crossed in New York because we were active around the same time when we were all in New York. And I remember yeah. auditioning for Ordinary People as well, but for the, the Elizabeth Montgomery role. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before when Elizabeth. I... Oh, Elizabeth McGovern. McGovern. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I know an oh, Elizabeth Montgomery. That's right. that's Bewitched, right? I love yeah. Montgomery. <laughs> I knew you were my sister from on the East Coast. I loved Bewitched. It was my favorite. I, show s- ever. I 
still wiggle my nose and wish that I could make something happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. What is something that fans would be surprised to know about you? Um, what would the fans be surprised? Well, let me think about this. Well, I don't know if the fans know that I teach tap dancing lessons and that I'm a dancer and that, yes, that I'm, that I'm, that I teach tap dancing, that I'm still dancing. That tickles me that you teach tap dancing. How cool is that? Yeah, it's, um, it's really, really fun. And, you know, really, Laura, as we get older, <laughs> we got to do something still for our brain. And, and tap dancing is really uh, something great for your brain because you, you really got to think. And it's coordination and it's counting and it's music, you know, dancing to the music and everything. And it's its own language. So it's, it's fantastic. It's like doing a puzzle with your feet. There's a mathematical aspect to it as well. Yes. And, and like we talked about, thank God, because I didn't go to a lot of school. <laughs> <laughs> you have to remember, you know, I'm a dancer, so I, I, I only count to eight and I start at five. <laughs> No, no. But for some reason, tap dancing is uh, dear to my heart, and I, I just love it. And I'm trying to think what else the fans would be surprised. Maybe that my niece, my niece Bonnie, is plays Samara in the third Ring movie. Oh, you're kidding. No. And she, yep, she plays Samara. And she's a contortionist. In the first Ring movie, uh-huh. she doubled the girl playing Samara when she climbs out of the well. And it's this, she does this really, really creepy yeah. crawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crawling out of the well. So that's kind of a, a fun. And also that my older brother Gary's in the movie Pete's Dragon, the original Pete's Dragon. And my other brother, Roger, when, when Roger was a young boy, he's in the movie The Godfather oh, as a little boy. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's a real cool, cool thing. So it's definitely, it was the family business. You know, I'm married to Mark Wahlberg. And yes, it's not the actor Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it's the TV host Mark Wahlberg, who is the host of Temptation Island. And what else? I'm married to Mark Wahlberg, but not of the Wahlbergers. Right. So your husband is the host of Temptation Island. Do you get to tag along when they film it in these exotic locations? Absolutely. What do you think? I'm going to let my husband go to Temptation Island alone? <laughs> <laughs> no way. So yes. I do get to go and, you know, I'm really just the luckiest girl in the world because the show shoots in Hawaii. So jealous. So we get to go to Hawaii and when he's doing all those bonfires, I'm sitting in the control room uh, listening and just so that I can, you know, tell him back, you know, what he said and I support him that way. And But I will tell you a really cute thing. What One thing that happened was, is, you know, he has an Apple Watch. And so I'm in the control room and he's on the set and he's talking to, you know, before they started shooting, you know, and he's talking to this one and he's talking to that one. And my husband's a big flirt. And so he said something to one of the other production girls that was walking by and I texted him and it came on, came up on his watch. And I basically said, what the, like WTF, that's <laughs> Did you see, get to see his reaction? Yes, I did. 
I texted him, WTF, that's flirting. Now you better stop it. And he thought it was so, he just laughed out loud. He's like, my wife is in the control room and just <laughs> telling me not to flirt. <laughs> Watch out because, you know, Temptation Island, you know, the girls are, they're in bikinis. And, yeah, you know, barely in bikinis. They're barely. We don't wear <laughs> bikinis anymore. We wear, like, thongs, right? Yeah, but, dots. So we, so we call it, you know, we call it on Temptation Island, we call it Tushy Beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Tushy Beach. Everybody go watch Tushy Beach. <laughs> yeah, watch Tushy Beach on Temptation Island. <laughs> now, do you have any of your own projects coming up that are in development at all? Well, you know, Mark and I, they did, Mark, it was really Mark who did the movie, but I did a little cameo. Uh, we did it back in February. It's a movie called Lost and Found in Cleveland. And it's a movie, uh -huh. and it's a spoof on Antiques Roadshow. It's going to be great. I, I, I just did a little cameo in it. In the movie, the Antiques Roadshow in the movie is called Lost and Found. And so I bring like a dresser, a, a dresser drawer to Lost and Found to be appraised. Uh -huh. So we did that back in February, but Mark plays the host of Lost and Found in Cleveland, but his name in the movie, you know, he, he always gets teased about his name being Mark Wahlberg. Of course. Know, Mark Wahlberg. So in the movie, his name is Tom L. Hanks, and he's, he's great in it. So, you know, they're going to start putting it into film festivals, but I was just tickled pink to be a part of it and do my little cameo piece, my scene. So that, and what else? We have an appearance coming up. It's Days of the Dead in Indianapolis, and it's June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. But you're probably flying out a day early, right? I am flying in on the 22nd. Okay, so cool. flying in the 22nd so we can have some time to, <laughs> to hang out and get into trouble. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I hope, you know, come out and see us. We'll be there. We will be there, and uh, it should be fun. I love when uh, fans bring different things to autograph, and... For me, one of the weirdest things that I've autographed is a pair of the brown undies. Have you ever signed anything strange at an appearance? Like you think, wow, I've never signed one of these before. Oh my gosh. You know, I, the only thing that I can think of, and it's not, I mean, this particular time over the camp, somebody bought, you know, a replica of the knife that Mrs. Voorhees used and they had me sign just the, the cover and they had me sign, you know, and he told me what to say. Uh -huh. What was it? Yeah, normally when I sign an autograph, you know, they want people, everybody wants me to say a certain line that I, that I say in the movie. But this guy wanted me to sign, this is my demise. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that's so creepy. You know, other than that, I think it was in Germany. Somebody made a doll of me. And uh, that was really cool. Was it like a like a Barbie doll or? Uh, it was it was yeah, it was kind of like an action figure ish type doll, and they made the clothes like I wear the plaid shirt. Yeah, they yeah. Had the plaid shirt and the jeans and everything. And I thought, wow, that is so cool. And I've only ever seen one of those. You know, I I'd love to make up an Annie doll. That'd be so cute. Well, you know what I'm going to say. That's a real American original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, that's the line. But, you know, when I think about it, 
you know, in the movie, I just say it so like, you know, when you're a teenager and your uncle's really getting on your nerves, you know, yeah. the way that I say it in the movie, you're an American original. Like, oh, my God, you are so annoying, you know, with a little hint of Mae West in there. No, then it would be you're an American original. That's really good, <laughs> by the way. I'm very Thank impressed you. by that. Yeah. Well, you have to see me sing, Oh, You Nasty Man, and then we'll talk impressive. <laughs> Maybe in Indianapolis uh, for Days of the Dead weekend, you can uh, get up. You know how they have the panels where fans can ask, ask you questions? Maybe you should yeah. get up and sing, or maybe I'll challenge you. and I'll say, hey, Robbie, why don't you uh, sing that little ditty we were talking about on the podcast? <laughs> oh, you know, I should, I should write down the lyrics again, and that'd be so funny. Thank you, Robbie, so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad we could do this. And I can't wait to see you in Indianapolis at Days of the Dead. You know, me too. It was so fun. And I can't wait to see you too. We'll catch up more then. Once again, a supersized thank you to Robbie Morgan for joining me on this two-parter of the Not the Final Girl podcast. You can follow Robbie on Instagram at Robbie Wahlberg. That's R O B B I. W-A-L-B-E-R-G. We will see you in Indianapolis at the Days of the Dead Con on June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Check out the Days of the Dead website to see who else will be joining in on the fun. And as usual, you can check out my website, LauraMarieTaylor.com. Thank you for listening, liking, and subscribing to the Not the Final Girl podcast. Summer camp season is upon us, so don't forget to keep your doors locked and stay out of the woods. That was fun. Thank you. Oh, that was so much fun. I think that was the most fun I've ever had doing one of those. dogs really enjoyed themselves today. <laughs> Maybe they should have their own podcast. <laughs>